Well, this morning, the topic that God's laid on my heart is back to the identity topic that God, God's been speaking over us as a church. And I really feel so strongly about this. It's, it really is a game changer. So when I talk about game changer, I talk about everything that goes on in our lives, you know, the game of life, so to speak. Um, I really feel that, that God wants to transform us as a church. And this identity is so crucial to us as a church and how we're, how we're walking that out. As a, as a, as a leader and, and as someone who gets to pastor the youth, it's a very exciting place to be developing and speaking into lives. And I love how young people capture their identity so fast. And... Um, I get to play in that area with my lovely wife, and it's a wonderful time of doing that. And over, the, over this last couple of years, he has been doing some amazing stuff in our young people and just changing how they go. And one of the things we love to say in our, in our, with our young people, we have a phrase that is, I'm God's favourite. We love to say that. We don't just say it, you've got to say it loudly, I'm God's favourite. Like it's, like, it's special, it's fantastic. Now, my, my question to you is, can you say that? Can you say it out loud? Awesome. That's good. That's a, and, and we can argue over who is, and, but we're always right, each of us, when we argue that. Because we are God's favourite. And if you struggle to say that, in all honesty, this morning, then it's possible that what I've got to say will have some really good meaning for you. I hope that, and that's my prayer. It's the cry of my heart. I've got to say that that is something that for me was not always the case in my life. And in fact, it's, it's been quite a journey of deepening relationship for me across the three parts of the Trinity of God. <laughs> you guys are worrying. All right. I get to receive a bit of that, and they're taking photos, Danny, it's not fair. Um, I've had three separate encounters as I've grown in my walk with God, with the Trinity. One with Jesus, which is quite often the normal way we start, and then one with the Holy Spirit, and then finally two or three years ago, I had a very deep encounter with the Father's love for me. And... Um, you know, as I started to look into this and that reality was coming and washing over me and as I've been praying and talking to the Lord about this, I actually found out there's a ministry tool out there that we actually use in this church as well through the Sozo ministry and it's called the Father Ladder. And this morning I'm just going to chuck that up on the, on the data projector there because the Father Ladder is quite interesting. One of the things I need to say right up front is not a formula, that is... A plus B does not equal C every time. Okay, what it is is a ministry tool. So if, if you are, and what ministry tool means is it's not where you've gone and, and you need to, you know, get totally smashed by God and stuff goes on. It is where if there's things that are broken in us, we go and have people pray for us and we receive some ministry and God breaks through into that in a very loving way. And it's all about us having a deeper relationship for God. The stronger the identity we have with each one of the parts of the Trinity actually helps us in our understanding and relationship. 
Now, the reason why I say it's not a formula, you can see up there, for example, our earthly father. Now, you might have a great relationship with the father, but you can see, you know, security, identity and provision might actually come from another source. And so maybe in your early forming years, even though your father has treated you really well, other things might have taken an effect there. Same with your mother. Okay, the nurture, comfort and teaching. Quite often they talk about a teacher might in your early forming years have actually really done the wrong thing by you. Or it could have been a pastor as your teacher. So that's why it's not a formula. It doesn't have to be your mother or your father. But that you can see there the nine key things that it has an effect on. And I'm going to break down each of those. And I really want to share a bit of a testimony in my life of how I've encountered each of those three. Um, <laughs> because it's, it's, been, it's been an amazing journey for me. Um, but first, I, just want to, I do want to mention the difference between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, Because we believe in the Trinity. And basically, it's three persons and one being. It's really important that you get that, that it's not just Jesus. There's three parts to God. And um, I've seen lots of analogies out there on how to explain it. I don't think there's a proper way to explain it. You know, I've heard of the egg analogy. I don't like that one because there's different things. I love the triangle, three sides. Okay, the triangle works really well for my understanding of God. So what I wanted to do is just, um, I want to... Crack open a bit of scripture. So we want to go to John 14. So if we can go to John 14, 14, please, that would be awesome. And I'm going to read from there um, just a little bit about the Trinity before I launch into how I've encountered the Trinity myself personally. So 14, 14. Now I want to put some context to this. This is not long before Jesus goes into Jerusalem is arrested, beaten, and hung on the cross. So he's giving his last-minute explanation to his disciples on who he is. And um, so this, this, is, this is where it's... You know, I find this amazing, this little bit of Scripture. Jesus' disciples have been walking around with him for about three years, and yet they still don't fully know who he is. I just find that incredible. So Jesus tries to explain it to them. And the Bible goes on and talks about it took a while for them to get that. All right, so John 14, 14. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. And trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my Father's house. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you will know to the way to where I am going. No, we don't know, Lord, said Thomas. Pretty sad. Hmm? Oh, really? Oh, thank you. Oh, it is too. My apologies. 14.1. Yeah. Whoops. Thank you. 14.1. Just scroll up a little. Do you want me to go again? No, you'll be right. Okay. All good. Now I've lost where I was. Oh, right. I'm at five, all right? No, we do not know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where we're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you already know me, you would know who my Father is. 
From now on, you do know him and have seen him. That's pretty spectacular on its own. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. They're still not getting it. Jesus said, I have been with you all of this time, Philip, and yet you still do not know who I am. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works, because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask anything in my name, and I will do it. Anything. So that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will send you another advocate. Love that word, advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads to all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. There's a critical point there where Jesus is with him, so the Spirit's there. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and that you are in me, and I am in you. See that connectedness, that relationship that's right there in that? Now I've lost my place. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to, of them. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but one of the other disciples with that name said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and I will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I tell you is from the Father who sent me. I'm telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you is a gift the world cannot change. So do not be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you. I am going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really love me, you would be happy that I am going to the Father, who is greater than I am. I have told you these things before they happen, so that when they do happen, you will believe. I don't have much more time to talk because the ruler of this world approaches and he has no power. Get that? No power over Jesus. But I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's be going. Wow. Pretty huge piece of scripture that talks of the relationship between the three of them and there's so many truths that I could unpack. You'd probably go for the next month. 
of unpacking of what's in there. There's so much in there. I encourage you to read that some more and allow the Holy Spirit to teach you what Jesus is saying there to his disciples. I want to just emphasize at the end of that, and it's kind of like the anthem for this morning. God's heart is to have us know him, all of him. When we really know how God feels about us, we are dangerous. So how does this look? How does it work? Well, I'm going to start with the first one for me. And that's Jesus. John 14, 6. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. That was my experience. I came to know God through, the, through Jesus. And I got... And it was... Um, <laughs> that's pretty much a standard way for people to come into the kingdom. But for me, I was totally broken in a bad way. And um, I knew it, but I didn't know how to change it. Um, when I met Jesus, I was a 15-year-old boy who was doing everything worldly that you can imagine. I didn't live at home, okay? And I was starting to build a rather nice profile with the local Petrie police station. Okay? It was pretty good. Been there a couple times. That was when I was 15. So what happened to me? Um, to give you an explanation, I was born in New Zealand, that's right, the good country over there that does union really well. But that's about it, I think. <laughs> but I'll hold on to that one. <laughs> I, d I was an only child, I didn't have any siblings. In fact, I was a mistake, and my parents told me that right from the start. I was a mistake. Um, they, they both already had children to previous partners, they were not married. Okay, and um, that's kind of where I grew into. And within short time, they were, they were separated, and I then bounced between parents. I had a lot of different primary schools. And you can imagine as a young child, I lacked a lot of what Jesus could provide. Okay, what my siblings could have provided for me. Companionship, communication, and peer acceptance. I was an outcast no matter where I was. Changing schools all the time, I had no friends, so I had nothing to really gauge stuff with. I totally lacked companionship. You know, the way of relating to others was for me as without a selfish want. What could you do for me? Pretty simple. Um, my communication, basically I was just rude. All about me. Okay. And my lack of peer acceptance inside. I was just so unsure of who I was. I just wanted people to like me. So I was rude to people, but I wanted them to like me. You know, that whole messy stuff that goes on with people that are broken. Does that sound familiar to anybody for you? <laughs> we'll get to that later, Ash. All right. So how did I encounter Jesus? This is really, for me, important. <laughs> Jesus has been telling me this is really important to share here. Um, I was incredibly blessed. The first time I went to church, I've got to tell you, I snuck out, the, I climbed out the window and went out the back and smoked weed. All right, that was the first time I went to church. You see, the way I got to go to church was um, when I was 13, my father kicked me out of home. He'd had enough. Um, he took me to the local police station and he said, that's it. Here you go. And the, they knew me, the local police, of course, and they thought I was a lovely fella. And he's, the policeman was wonderful. He's, my father gave them an ultimatum. He said, 
either you take him off our hands right now, or I'm going to drive until my tank is half empty and that's where I leave him. So you can see how as a, as a kid, I was a bit messed up, yeah. And um, I was so blessed because the local Baptist church around here had a place over at Bald Hills called Arana House. And so I went there. And there was people at Arana House that would, while I was at school, because they still sent me to school, they would go and kneel beside my bed all day long and pray for my salvation. Pray that God would break into my life. You know, that lady, I got told about that like years afterwards, that lady didn't even get to see me except Jesus. She never saw that, yet she kept praying diligently. Um, they would take us to church and we'd cause havoc, and I, I feel sorry for whoever had to preach at the time, because we, we made a ruckus, we'd you know, do all sorts of crazy stuff, and then half the time we'd leave during the middle of the sermon, because that was really boring. And um, one day... A preacher got up and shared the message of who Jesus is and his love for us. And all of a sudden, all of those things, all of those things that I'm talking about up there, companionship, acceptance, just really, really hit home for me. That a God would send his son to die on a cross for me, just all of a sudden clicked. It made sense. My world all of a sudden made sense. I could not explain it. That God loved me so much. It was the first time I'd encountered unconditional love, no matter how I was. I was not a nice person, yet they loved me no matter what as a group of people, and that, I guess, wore off on me. And so why do I want to share that? There's two things I want to share in that. Firstly, if there's anybody in this room right now that has not accepted Jesus into their life as their Lord and Saviour, I really want to encourage you right now. Would you stand with me and so I could lead you in a prayer with that? Is there anybody in the room that is in a place where Jesus is not Lord and Saviour of their life and you've not experienced his unconditional love for you? Would you stand right now with me and I want to just pray for you and lead you in a prayer. No, everybody's saved. That is awesome. I'm cool with that. If you're too embarrassed, come and see me afterwards. I'd love to pray for you. The moment I, made, the moment I did that, God's love just washed over me. Basically gave up all of that. So much of that stuff was just stripped away from me instantly. I didn't have a wonderful face-to-face encounter with a, a risen Jesus or anything like that. I just had a bad taste for smoking, a disinterest in stealing, all of those things that I had for, for my self-fulfillment were just gone. It was wonderful. But I want to just bring it back. Arana House. We have an Arana House here. The place that made a difference in my life is we have one here. It's called the Mercy Center. Can I encourage you, please, please, please be a part of that. Get yourself there and love on the people. Love just breaks down every barrier. Love of God is amazing. You look at some people, I'm sure we look at people and go, how can God save that person? Well, trust me, love is how that happens. Love. I want to encourage you, be the hands and feet of Jesus and get involved with the Mercy Center. So God's heart is for us to know him, all of him. So I've met Jesus, all right, and I'm just transformed. And all of a sudden, I've gone from a kid running the street to a kid hanging out in church, I could not get enough. 
All right, I'd go, I started teaching Sunday school within months. All right, and so my prayer was pretty simple. Jesus, always started with Jesus because that's the only part of God I knew. Didn't understand or relate to the rest of the, to the, to the Trinity and you can probably see why when you look at that thing. I struggle with mum and dad. All right. But Jesus was big in my life. And for a very long time, I just threw myself into everything of God. I gave up everything because it was worth everything to me. I knew how God felt about me and I was dangerous. I really was. I'm going to move on now to the Holy Spirit. You see, somewhere down the line of where I was at, In the church that I was brought into and my baggage of a child that was basically orphaned from my parents, the Holy Spirit scared me like you wouldn't believe. I was in a very traditional church and we taught that the Holy Spirit was there, but you know what? It was also something to be scared of. It's basically what we got taught. John 14, 26 says this, But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative... That is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. The moment you accept Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes into your life. It's just how much we're prepared to engage relationally with the Holy Spirit that it has an effect on us. You see, our God, he's not a God that forces himself on you. He loves you. Why would he force himself on you? So it's up to us to invite the Holy Spirit to come and have more effect and more, more love and more power in our lives. And if we have this broken filter with who the Holy Spirit is, and mine was, I'm scared of you and I feel unloved by you. Okay, if I look at those three there, nurture, comfort, teaching, well, I've been taught the wrong thing and the nurture and the comfort I did not understand. I was scared of it. It took me a long time to be able to receive a hug from another person. My poor wife, she's wonderful. She's the most gentle, loving creature around I love her madly deeply but she has gone through so much with me as a person unable to express my love properly it's even been this week you know it's been a push through this week probably because God needed to remind me of that Um, I struggled to hug my own wife when we first got married I went on a long time as a Christian without the nurture and the comfort and the teaching of the Holy Spirit. In fact, I became zealous for the things of God and the Word of God, but not zealous for the things of the Spirit. And oddly enough, probably nearly 10 years ago now, the Holy Spirit started to um, break into my life. He broke into my life quite simply because I became desperate. I was burning myself out. I was, you know, we, we, we had a huge youth ministry and I was running that. And, um, you know, on a Friday night, 20-odd people would give their lives to the Lord, but I'd see nothing change in their life. I'm like, what's going on? Jesus, what is going on? And I'd go to bed desperately calling out to him for explanation and answers. And the first sign of that, the Holy Spirit breaking into my life was actually my wife telling me in the middle of the night I'd sit up and start babbling. Eventually that babbling would wake me up and it was one of the things that scared the living daylights out of me. I never asked for it, but I was speaking in tongues. 
But I tell you, the warmth was amazing. I was scared of it, but as all of a sudden something was going on, God told me not to preach with notes. Wow, that was pretty scary. I had to listen to him. <laughs> it's pretty scary. In a very traditional church, God told me to call people out to be healed of things, and God healed them. That didn't normally happen, trust me. God started to do stuff to me, but at the same time, whilst all that was going on, God had a journey for me to go on. Because for me to fully experience the love of the Holy Spirit and the guidance and the counsel of the Holy Spirit, there were some things that need to be broken in me. And um, even though I, I totally feared speaking in tongues, the crazy rolling around on the floor like, you know, lunatic, falling over in the spirit, the fear of losing control, what the Holy Spirit did to me over a period of time was actually break me completely so that I had to give up all control. And it was a really tough time. It was actually the time we started coming here. I came here incredibly burnt out and over church. You see, the, the Holy Spirit had to break off the things that I was doing, and I was doing things in my strength. And when you do things in your strength, you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and do stuff in your, in your life. And so for me, as a leader, that just needed to be broken. And so I had to go to the full point of <laughs> being destitute before him and then allowing him to come back in and fill me up and just reteach what I didn't know. And you know the interesting thing about all of that is um, some friends of ours came and gave us a really large sum of money to go and hop on a jet plane back to New Zealand and catch up with my mum. Same year. So I got to forgive my mum and restore relationship with my mum. And amazingly, the Holy Spirit starts to just do a great work in my life. Can I encourage you, if you have a mother-type figure that fits what we're talking about here, forgive them. Forgive them. There is so much freedom for you. So much more in your relationship with God if you can go down that path. God's heart is for you to know him, all of him. Now, I want to share a little bit of a story because I've now <laughs> engaged and, and been able to share Jesus in a completely different way now that I have the Holy Spirit in my life actively flowing and engaged. And um, I'm going to tell a story of something that's happened to me this week. I'm very excited about it and, um, because it's the first time for me totally where <laughs> the Holy Spirit's showing up in a really dramatic way. We went, um, my boy plays soccer, and um, we went to his soccer training game on Tuesday afternoon, and one of his teammates' sister was wearing crutches. And um, immediately the Holy Spirit said to me, that needs to be healed right now. So I went over and I talked to her and her mother and asked permission to pray, and, and I just said, look, I'm the, I don't want to do it until Taj comes because he's really good at this stuff. Because, you know, I've got to tell you, our young people... I'm going to call them up later on. They're going to be in the ministry team at the end of today because they know how to listen to God. They are so good at it. I wish I had that as a young person. We are so blessed in this place. Anyway, the game, you know, they've trained for like an hour and a half. It goes forever. And um, training's over and I go and tell Taj, and he's like, oh, really? Do I have to? You know, because that's how we feel. 
you get that? When Jesus tells us to go and pray for someone, the first reaction is, no. No. And it was at that point that I'm going, yeah, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't. And, and as a family, they've gotten up and they're starting to walk to their car. I'm like, nah, let's do this. Let's come on, let's go and do it, Taj. So we went over there and um, lo and behold, we got to pray three, four times. And um, much to our surprise, this young lady's going, I can't feel nothing. It feels great. Now she's in crutches and what she described to me was like an interior cruciate, which is an operation. It's a pretty serious operation. And um, she was going for an MRI that week. So I'm like, right, well, we prayed for the four, and she's like super excited, as you are. God's just healed you, yeah? Holy Spirit's come and done a healing in your life. How cool is that? God's turned up and done something unconditionally. That's God's love. We don't deserve any of it. We don't deserve it. But he still does it anyway. How good's God? So she goes for the MRI, and we... Talked to her on Thursday at the second soccer training because they train all of the time. And um, it's near the end of the season. I'm a little bit over it. (laughs) And um, she's had the MRI and they can't see nothing at all. Yeah. And she's like, I can walk on it. Don't feel nothing. It's so good. Yeah. God is so good. And I'm like, yeah, that's... That is so much more fun than telling someone or convincing them that Jesus is real, isn't it? They've experienced that Jesus is real. So much more. And the joy on that young lady is really cool. I mean, she came and joined us Friday night, and she's even here this morning, which is just really cool. All right? She is hungry for the things of God. And God wants to do this with everybody around us. He does. God's heart is for us to know him, all of him, and then to be free in that knowledge of who he is, to have no fear, to walk up to people, whether they're a complete stranger or someone we know, because our identity is in God, not in what others think of us. And wow, I don't always operate like that, trust me. I am still broken. I'm not all there. This is a process of ongoing. But I want you to just get the picture that the We need to be able to constantly push in our relationship with who we are, with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because when we really know who God is, we are dangerous. All right? The enemy took a blow this week, and I'm really excited about that. Do you know that in the heavenlies, when someone comes to know Jesus, they chuck a party? It goes off up there. That's what we're about. That's living life. I don't, I've had all sorts of rubbish stuff happen this week, but that has been the highlight of my week by a long shot because somebody has experienced how awesome God is and there's a party going on in heaven. It's worth it. Anyway, I'm dribbling. I'm dribbling. I'll, I'll move on. I'm excited. Can you tell? <laughs> all right. So, the Father. This one is by far the hardest for me. And um, if, if anybody's talked to me at length and we talk about somebody who's dealing with any sort of issues, I will immediately suggest they go and have some counselling or go and have some ministry. And I think it drives people nuts, to be honest. And I think it's a little bit because there's some stigmatism with ministry and counselling, that there's something wrong with you. 
And that's just the enemy. Can I tell you, that is the enemy. And I, I feel that too. In fact, someone said it to me on Sunday night. You should go and have some ministry for that. And I was like, what's wrong with me? And that person was right. I'm, re- I'm, I'm gonna. All right? And I want that person to hold me to it. All right? Because I want to be free of that. I don't want that baggage on my life. I don't want that junk there. Can I tell you, my father relationship is horrid. I feel incredibly unloved by my earthly father, so I fit the father ladder perfectly for this one. And I went and had ministry for it, but my father, he would hit me, all right? He would verbally abuse me and tell me how useless I was and how much I let him down. Now, as a young person, that was horrific. I loved him. I thought the sun, moon, and stars shined out of him. I still do. But he let me down so badly. He would regularly break promises. Just, it was just like he would say something, and you're like, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. And my kids, they think the same. He's promised things to them, his grandchildren, and they wonder if that'll ever happen. He's let them down a number of times too. I lack security, identity, and provision. Now, what I'm talking about here is a filter in my natural life. I fe- Can I tell you, I feared Father God. I would read the Old Testament and I'd see him come and smash and stuff, all right, because people were sinning. I feared the Father God because I also feared my real father. It was a filter. And now that I've, I've been healed of a lot of that, I think, maybe there's still more to come. I can read the Old Testament and I see a loving father who again and again and again and again re-engaging with his people despite them turning his back, their back on him. He just continually comes and loves. That wasn't what I used to see of the father. It's so cool, it's so liberating, so refreshing and I want to tell you a little bit of how it happened. All right, um, oh... About three years ago it happened, and it was, it was a deep ministry time where I, I actually um, asked Kirk and Nick about some stuff that I thought the Father wanted to, uh, that Jesus at the time, wanted to cut off of me that was down my Father's line. Okay, so some generational stuff. And um, so he suggested I go see Terry and Monica. So we went over there, me and, me and Lainey, and we'd go over there and we'd see Terry and Monica and we'd work through a whole heap of stuff. And... Um, it was really cool, I've got to tell you. It was over a period of time. It wasn't straight away, but slowly the father broke through. Things like Lainey would wake, wake up in the, like, we're talking summertime, wasn't it? Like at four in the morning and she'd see a sunrise. And she was super excited for it and then got this picture that that was what God was like for me. Now, if any of you have ever had a chance to have Lainey give you pictures or pray for you, it's pretty, pretty full on. So when my wife shares that to me, I'm like... Whoa, that really goes deep. The picture I got of my father expectantly waiting for me to arrive on this planet was so liberating. Do you know that he loves you so much to that point that he loves you, that he cares about everything? He was anticipating your arrival on this planet. That's the picture I got. And that was totally different to my earthly picture. That pain, it was gone. 
you know, a father who cheers me on when I'm doing something good. And it's okay to celebrate doing something good. I used to be ashamed of doing something good, even as a Christian. I'd like, mm, it's not me, it's all Jesus. You know, it's okay to do something good. He cheers us on. And he also loves to pick me up when I'm feeling sad or down and the world's beating me up. He loves to pick me up and give me a big cuddle. Say, it's all right, Corey. I still love you. We all want that, right? We all want that acceptance and love and affirmation. You know, I now know a Father God who loves me so much that there's no pressure to perform or create an identity in my own life. That's a big difference in me, trust me. If you knew the old Corey, eh, Ash? If you knew the old Corey... Okay, my provision and security, it's all, in, it's all in my father. I don't need to perform, it's so good. The pressure is off. My father loves me madly, deeply, no matter what. So, as a new creation that's constantly being re-released across those three areas, I just feel pretty good. I feel like I'm getting to know him, all of him, so much more. And the freedom that comes with that, I cannot encourage you enough to push into that. It's not always easy. The enemy, he does not want you to get this. He doesn't. Because at the other side of this is freedom. Even though there's a little bit of pain going through, working this through, there is so much freedom on the other side. 